of you were here last Sunday night and we were talking about no power shortage, talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And during the message, Pastor got this phrase and about, you know, tonight because of the emphasis before service was water baptism. And uh, he got this phrase and it started going off on the inside of me. I asked him what it was. Waters of baptism are flowing and rivers of life are moving. Waters of baptism are flowing and rivers of life are moving. So tonight we are going to talk about life in the river. And when I say life in the river, you know, we should be river people, not swamp people. You ever watch that dumb show? Not the kind of people, you know, and the the country kind of people and the cowboys that like to go to the river and party. The Arkansas River, the Mississippi River, I'm not talking about those kind of river people. I'm not talking about the river. You know, when I, I grew up in a good Pentecostal church and, and uh, there was, my dad always liked to tell funny stories of things that happened in church. God's got a sense of humor and sometimes really funny things happen in church. Really funny people come to church. Just look at the person next to you. No, not really. And anyhow, my dad used to tell different funny stories about things that happened in church. And one of his uh, favorite was this guy had gotten saved. He had been saved all that long. He had a real good voice. And so they asked him to get up and to sing a special. So this guy came up and he starts testifying before he sings. And he says, well, you know, I've got Jesus in my heart now. And he says, this is the thing you ought to do. If you drink alcohol, you ought to go throw your booze in the river. You ought to throw your cigarettes in the river. You ought to throw your tobacco in the river. And then he says, now I want to sing for you, shall we gather at the river? So that's not the kind of river that we're talking about tonight. The kind of river where we go and do those kind of deals. But you know, in the natural, water is essential for life. It's necessary for us to live. People can go quite a while without food, but you can't go very long without water. Water, what all does it do? Well, it hydrates us, it cleanses us, it purifies, water revives, it refreshes. Isn't it just awesome on a, on a hot day? I wish we'd have a hot day here. A hot June day would be good, wouldn't it? On a hot day, just to get a nice cold drink of water. It's refreshing. Well, throughout the Bible, we're going to see how important that water and rivers are are yeah. to natural to the natural uh, life and most of all to the spiritual life the children of israel they knew the importance of the river they were for a period of time many of the tribes of israel were what was known as a nomadic tribe a nomadic tribe was a tribe that lived by the rivers they would go they'd pitch their tents and they'd plant their crops they would follow the river. And when the river was at its high season, they would take some seeds of their crop that they had harvested and they would throw it on the river. And then they would follow that river. They would move with the river. And then during the season when the river would recede and go back into its banks, guess what? There'd be fertile soil and there'd be a harvest already planted. Those seeds they had thrown in the river would come up and they would have a mighty harvest. I think there's a word in there for us. It's good for us to follow 
The river. What kind of river? The river of the Holy Ghost. He'll lead us. He'll guide us. And just like he led them and he would guide them to put that seed into the river. And then the harvest would come up. When we follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit, he will cause a mighty harvest in our lives. He'll cause a harvest of souls. How many of you are believing for a loved one to be born again? Amen. He will cause a harvest of healing. How many of you need healing in your body? You're believing to live long and finish strong. Amen. Harvest of healing. He will cause there to be even a harvest of finances in this day and hour. Not so we can heap it on our own lust, but harvest cost. You know that? We need money. We need finances to care for all of the harvest. That's coming in to the body of Christ. There's another wonderful example about life in the river. And we won't read all of the, we won't read these texts, but if you want to look at it later on, it's found in Exodus chapter 2, and it's about Moses. Remember, Moses was born at a time when Pharaoh was king over Egypt. And during that time, Pharaoh had this demonic demonic idea to kill all the male babies that were born to the Jewish nation. They were just multiplying and they were taking over his kingdom. He got fear in his heart. And so this word, this degree went out to kill all of the male babies that were born. Well, Moses' mother, she knew something was in her. She knew that that was not going to happen to her son. She knew the hand of the Lord was upon him. So she had this thought from God. Are you glad when you get a God thought? A God thought can change your life forever. She had a God thought. And this God thought was build this little ark. There's a whole message in that. Build this ark of safety. We can do that. She built it out of bulrushes and, 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 uh, weeds or whatever, not weeds, but whatever they had around there. She built it out of that. But you and I, we build an ark of safety for our family with our faith, with our words. If you weren't here this morning, get that CD, go online and listen to it. How powerful our faith Filled words are. We ought to be building an ark of safety around our family with our words. How do you do that? You speak what the Word of God says. You declare Psalms 91. No evil shall befall me, neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. We, me and my family, we abide under the shadow of the Most High. Hallelujah. He keeps us safe. There's safety in Him. Build this ark of safety for your family. So they built this ark of safety for baby Moses. Put him, where did she put him? She put him in a river. She put him in a river. 
and his sister was watching over him. And one day, Pharaoh's daughter came down to the river. She saw this child. You know the story. She took him. And isn't it just awesome how the hand of the Lord was so on that God thought to put him in the river? His sister said, oh, do you want me to go get a nurse for him? And what happened? His mother got to raise him until he was probably three, four, five years old until he went to the palace. So the hand of the Lord was on him to put him in the river. And that river brought him protection. And you know what was so cool about that? That river is what led him into God's perfect will for his life. It was the plan of the Lord that he go to Pharaoh's palace, that he be trained up in the ways of the Egyptians. He needed to know all these things, preparing him for what he was going to step into. Praise God when we follow the river. There's protection in the river and there's the plan of God when we follow that prompting of the sweet Holy Ghost. He will lead us and He will guide us where He needs us to go. we got some places to go in the things of God. Anybody ready to flow with the river and go with what God is doing in this day and in this hour? We started out by saying waters of baptism are flowing. Rivers of life are moving. Moving. Moving us right into The plan of God. And not only are we to follow the river of life, but we are to drink in of this life-giving river. Let's look at what Jesus said about this river. Over in John chapter 7, verse 37. We're going to read a couple of verses there. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried out saying... If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. Got a question for you. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty for him? Hallelujah. When we're thirsty, where are we supposed to go and drink? To Jesus. You know, drinking in the natural is a personal thing. And I'm not talking about anything except water right now. Drinking water. It's a personal thing. Eating is a personal thing. You can go eat with somebody. You can go drink lemonade and iced tea with somebody. But you can't eat for somebody. And you can't drink for somebody. You can't be thirsty for anybody else. Jesus said, if any man, if you are thirsty... You come and drink. It's an individual thing. We all have to drink in of the rivers of life for ourselves. And you know, every day we should be drinking in of water. It's a good thing to stay hydrated. It's a good thing to be thirsty in the natural. But you know what? When we get thirsty sometimes, we can uh, start drinking other things. Like coffee or Dr. Pepper. The choice of drink in Oklahoma and Texas. Dr. Pepper. Y'all like Dr. Pepper? I like Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Or coffee, whatever. But you know what? We can drink these things when we get thirsty, but they are not a substitute for water. 
for our body to function properly and our organs to stay hydrated. Guess what we need to drink? Good old H2O. We need to drink in of water. But sometimes people do the same thing spiritually. Jesus said, if any man is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. Oftentimes, people are thirsty spiritually. They're seeking and they're searching and they're looking for something, but they're looking for a substitute. They're running to here and running there and they're trying to find something to satisfy that longing in their heart. How many of you have found out only Jesus can satisfy the longing of my heart? Only Jesus is the true and the living water. That's why he said, if you're thirsty, come to me and drink. And then the result of coming is going to be this. Verse 38. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. When we come and we drink in of Him, we get full of that river of living water, but it's not just for us. He said, when you drink in of me, then out of your heart are going to flow rivers, many rivers, multiple rivers should be flowing out of our lives. There should be rivers flowing out of our lives, flowing to your family, flowing to the lost, flowing to those that are hurting. Rivers represent life for every situation. There is not anything too dead or too difficult that life won't trump. Hallelujah. Living water is the result. And then how often are these waters supposed to be flowing out of us? Well, that same verse, verse 38 in the Amplified, I like this. He who believeth in me, who cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me, as the Scripture has said, from his innermost being shall flow. Read that next word with me. Continuously springs and rivers of living water. Do you want to be a reservoir of the life of God? The living water? Then what's the key? We got to drink in of it. And we got to drink in big time. If, the, if you're only taking in, in a, a, a trickle, then a trickle is all that is going to come out. But he said out of us should be a continuous flow of living water. Living water, continuous flow. You know, when water is healthy and full of life, it flows. If water becomes still and stagnant, it gets polluted and full of contaminants. I remember, not this last trip, but a few years ago, went to Peru for the first time out to the Iquitos area, out in the jungle. And uh, the first, very first night that we were there, the people were so wonderful and so gracious. And they, had, they hosted a, a meal for us at this facility. And uh, my daughter-in-law, Esther, was with me and she said, Mom, don't drink the water. Don't drink the Kool-Aid, pretty much. She had gone to the bathroom and seen this pot where they were mixing up the 
punch or whatever it was. And, you know, women of faith, I, I know, I'll be fine. And so I drank it. And then I went to the bathroom and I saw the pot and I got in. I, didn't, I wasn't in faith anymore. It was a pot full of cloudy water with stuff swimming in it. Not a good thing. So, needless to say, I had, melted, I had a great opportunity to believe the Lord the next day. Because that water was obviously polluted. And when water is still and contaminated and then you can see stuff floating in it, I'd pretty much advise you not to drink it. It's not good. You know, even the ponds, ponds, lakes, they have to have a continuous flow of fresh water flowing into them. We had two, three ponds on the farm that I grew up on. And every one of them, they had a little, my dad had dug a little channel. And when it rained, the river would put fresh water into the pond. When it rained, there was fresh water. Folks, we're in a season of a downpour. It's fixing to rain again in the realm of the Spirit. And we're going to get revived. We're going to get refreshed. Maybe your life feels like it's been stagnant and stale. But guess what? Fresh water is available. Let the river flow tonight. Let it flow into our lives. What kind of river is this? We've already been talking about it. But I want to give you a biblical description of this river found over in Revelation chapter 22. We're going to look at verse 1 and 2. Oh, I love this. Don't you love the Word of God? Hallelujah. And He showed me. What kind of a river? A polluted river? A stagnant river? No, I just love these words. A pure river of water, of life. It was clear as crystal. And it was proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. What kind of river was it? Say it with me. Pure river. John saw this river and he called it what it was. Life. And where was it coming from? The throne of God and the Lamb of God. This was not a figment of his imagination. It's not a symbol. There really is a crystal clear river of life proceeding from the throne of God. If you've ever read any accounts or ever heard any accounts of people perhaps that have died and come back, gone to heaven and come back, many of them talk about this beautiful river, how clear it is, crystal clear, how pure it is. I don't know, I think it might have been Jesse Duplantis, one of the people that went to heaven and came back to you just step in it and you just immediately float. It was so full of life. Life. That's what God is pouring into us when we drink in of this precious river. And then it goes on wherever it goes and whatever and whoever it touches lives. Let's look at the next verse. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for 
the healing of the nations. This river of life produced a tree of life. It brought fruit. It brought healing. And you know, it's amazing to me in my spirit-filled Bible, it says this about this this river and this tree of life. That it's a tree of abundant life. And it's stating here that on this tree is everything necessary to sustain life, including perpetual health. Could you take that? Perpetual health is coming from this river and from this tree that is, that is on the side of this river. And I like how it said here that this river is there for healing for our bodies. The leaves of the tree were also for healing of the nations. Healing of the nations. I take that for our nation. Our nation needs some healing. And I'm declaring, oh Lord, let the river flow. Let the healing river flow. Let there be an end to racial unrest. Let there be an end to all of this division and strife. Lord, let the healing river flow. Wherever that river goes, it brings healing. The Word of God says if we will humble ourselves, call upon the name of the Lord, He will heal our land. And that healing comes from the Spirit of God, from the river of God, that river of life that proceeds out of the throne of God. Where does it go? It goes into us, His people. And out of our belly then flows rivers, many rivers of living water. Living water comes out of us when we speak words of life, when we pray prayers of faith, when we stand in the gap for the lost, when we do what the Bible says, pray for those in authority. When we begin to cry out for an awakening in our nation. Lord, let the healing river flow in our land. Can I get an amen? Do you agree with that? Now, I also find it interesting in the Spirit-filled Bible, when it's there in Revelation chapter 22, a little footnote, that it is referring to the same river that Ezekiel saw. Ezekiel saw... The river of God, the river of life that proceeds from the throne of God. His eyes were open and he had a vision of heaven and this river of life. And we want to look at it over in Ezekiel chapter 47. We all hang with me for just a little bit longer. I know we got the kiddies in here tonight, but you kids have been so good. You get a gold star. Yay. Ezekiel. 47. And let's begin. We'll look at verse 2. He brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around on the outside of the outer gate that faces east, and there was water running out on the right side. Now, I don't, you know, these gates, right, left side, I don't, 
get all wrapped up in that. I don't know if there's any significance in that or not. The point of this thing is that God showed Ezekiel a vision of healing waters and the tree of life. And when the man, who was obviously an angel, when the man... And when the man went out to these with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubics, and he brought me through the waters. The waters came up to my ankles. Now, there's some things that I want you to notice as we continue reading here. It says in every verse, he brought me. He brought me out. He brought me up. Who is this he? Well, of course it was an angel in this vision. But I believe that to us it represents the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our heavenly tour guide. And he gently and he lovingly and he encouragingly is saying to us, Come with me. Follow me. Follow the river. There's some places to go. There's some things to do. God's on the move, and we're going to move with him. And then we see that as he was doing this, it was a progression. Some of you may have taught your kids or your grandkids to swim. And I know some people have the idea, well, just pick them up, throw them in the pool, sink or swim, you know, they'll get it. I don't think that's very nice. I wouldn't like that. And I wouldn't do that to my granddaughters. The Holy Spirit wasn't like that. He wasn't like, okay, I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to throw you out there and see what you're made of. See if you sink or swim. No, he's loving. And he's gentle. So he said, this is what you're going to do. He says, what I'm going to do. It's a progression. Verse 3, he said, we're going to go out first into ankle Deep water. That's a good start. It's a good start just to get off of the bank. Too many of God's people are just sitting on the bank. Just waving to people in the river. Oh, looky there. Oh, there goes Brother Thomas. Oh, looky there. There goes Jill. Waving to people as they're out there in the river having a good time in God. Just happy to sit on the bank. Folks, don't be happy to sit on the bank. Get on in. The river. Move with what the Spirit of God is doing. And I don't mind telling you, this is a Holy Ghost church. I know we have some visitors here tonight. We're glad that you are here. We love you. We want you to come back. But we want you to know right up front, God is God in this place. And we let Him have His way. God changes lives. The life of God brings people out of dead situations. If they'll just yield. If they'll just get in the river. So here he was. He's ankle deep. That's good. But that's kind of like splashing around in the kiddie pool. It's all right. You're getting wet. Splashing around in the kiddie pool. But he said that's not enough. So look at verse 4. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through. The water came up to my waist. Well, it's getting deeper. It's getting better. He's in his knees. Now he's up to his waist. That's good. But you know what? If you're in waist-deep water... 
you're still in control because you can still touch the bottom. You can still walk around in the water. And he didn't want him just walking around in the water. So what happened in verse 5? Again, he measured 1,000. And it was a river that I could not cross. For the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim. A river that could not be crossed. This is where God wants us to go. This is where we are heading. Into the rivers where we got to swim. Where we got to let go and let God. Where we're not still touching the bottom, wading around in ankle deep water, but we're just ready to dive in. Some of you may remember years ago, preached a sermon on jump in the river of the sweet Holy Ghost. I feel Him bubble. I feel Him flow. Go ahead and let Him take you where He wants you to go. Jump in the river. Don't be afraid. It's the sweet Holy Ghost. He's not going to hurt you. He's going to help you. He's going to fill you up with life. He's going to fill you up with power. If you'll just jump in. I got any people in here tonight ready to jump in the river of the sweet Holy Ghost. And then he goes on here. We're going to keep reading. He said in verse 6, And he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. And when I returned there along the bank of the river were many trees on one side and the other. Then he said to me, This water flows toward the eastern region. It goes down into the valley. It enters the sea. And this is what I want you to see. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the rivers go, will live. And there will be a very great multitude of fish because these rivers go there. For they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. You got any death situations in your life? Guess what? Jump in the river of the sweet Holy Ghost. Let Him just breathe life. Let Him take you into His will, into His plan. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, verse 9 in the Amplified, I really like this. And wherever the double river shall go, every living creature shall live. There shall be a great number of fishes because the waters go there and the waters of the seas may be healed and fresh. What I like about that, wherever the double river shall go. Do you believe that double is doable? Do you believe that God wants to increase you more and more? That He wants to give you life and life abundantly. We've been talking about rivers of living water. Over in the book of John, it says, I came that you might have life. Jesus said, drink in of me, drink in of life. What kind of life was he talking about? Zoe, the God kind of life. The life like God has it. That's what's in this river. That he wants us to get in 
and to flow in and to acquaint ourselves with. And it's not a time for us to draw back and to be afraid and to be concerned. Oh, I don't want to get fanatical. I don't want to this. I don't want to that. Just get full of God. Just love God. Just be thirsty for God. He's not going to fill you up with the wrong thing. He's going to fill you up with life, with power, with himself. Hallelujah. Is anybody ready for that? Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the rivers flowing in this place. Thank you, Lord, for life-giving force that comes from you. Oh, my. Hallelujah. We thank you that the river of living water, it does live and it does reside on the inside of us. Now, I'm going to ask that everybody would just bow your head, close your eyes for a moment. We talked a lot tonight about the river of living water. We talked about being thirsty, thirsty for Him. If you're here tonight, perhaps you came with a friend or a relative and you're not sure whether you're born again. You're not sure if Jesus is your Lord. You don't, you don't know if heaven is your final destination, your home. If that describes you and you're not sure and tonight you want that assurance, please raise your hand and we'll pray with you. You want assurance of being born again. Is there anybody in here tonight? <clears throat> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <coughs> Do you have something? Let's just wait a moment. I don't know where PT is. Maybe we can have a little music. Let's just wait a moment here in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Moving by your Spirit in this place. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Perhaps you are here and you're definitely born again. But you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit. The scripture that we read over there in John chapter 7. Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. I like to describe it like this. When we get born again. We have a well of salvation. The Bible says that. A well of salvation on the inside of us. But when we get baptized with the Holy Spirit, that well becomes rivers. And it flows out of us to other people. Jesus said to his disciples, I want you to be endued with power from on high so that you may be my witnesses. There's so many benefits to being filled with the Holy Spirit. One is that we will be endued with power. Power to live this Christian life. Power to be a witness. Power to resist temptation. Power to pray for the lost and to pray more effectively. If you're a believer, why wouldn't you want that well of salvation to become a river bubbling up and flowing out of you? If you're here tonight 
You love Jesus, you're born again, but you've never had the second experience of being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you came tonight and you were water baptized. That's awesome. Water baptism in this place. But there's also a moving of the river of the sweet Holy Spirit. There's a baptism in the Holy Spirit.